Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, and joining us is... Say the line, Malcolm, if you can fucking remember it. <laughs> I do know the line. Uh, yeah, I'm Malcolm. Uh, I'm the uh, the anime noob, uh, and I haven't been on for a long time, so it's nice to be back for this special episode. Exactly. <laughs> And joining us once again on this very special episode is Raylan Carson. Raylan, how are you? Hey, how's it going? What was that sound oh, I did not hear? <laughs> <laughs> I see that my wrestling uh, uh, host voice. You know? Fantastic. It's a good voice. Uh, I could just Mal- sense that every anime uh, fan wants to hear me do a wrestler uh you know, um, host. So that's what I wanted to give them because I know that's what they want. Sure, I'll <laughs> accept that. Uh, <laughs> what were we saying? Uh, Malcolm, you haven't been on since our uh, episode 100 spectacular. Ray Lynn, you haven't been on since like our One Piece episode, which was in like the 30s. Uh, we were yeah. talking One Piece film Z or Z, however you say it, I forget because uh, it was like two years ago. Um, <laughs> Anyways, Wait, was uh, it was it a, a one piece? No, it wasn't one piece. I thought. I thought. Didn't we? You did something before. No, it was. It wasn't one piece that we did. We did the movie uh, for Hunter Hunter. I thought. Yes, that was we the did first go Hunter one. Hunter. That was the first one you did. That was like episode fourteen or seventeen. Oh or my god! And then yeah. you did one piece after, and then uh, I never called you up for like two years. <laughs> And now you're back. You now you're back. Mother fucker. <laughs> you dirty dogged me. You dirty dog. Really dirty dog me. I think the wait was worth it. Uh because the rule for Malcolm to come back, uh especially and I guess also uh Ray Lynn is, you know, we gotta we gotta have you on for the big events. And again, Malcolm, you oh. are no longer you know. <laughs> You're no longer our official uh, co-host, but you come on for the big events. And I would say the live action One Piece adaptation is worthy of an event. Would you, uh, would you, Malcolm and Raylan, agree? Hell yeah, brother. It yeah. actually is. It actually is. <laughs> I will say that. I'm oh, glad yeah, you're on the same page. Well, there's so much talk about it. Even like, even people who aren't like One Piece fans who like either just know even a little bit of anime or talking about it. Everyone's been talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so Raylan, uh, again, for, for the listeners who don't want to go back like a hundred apps to see uh, what you said on uh, the previous One Piece podcast with you. Um, what makes One Piece appealing to you? Cause again, you're the fan. Malcolm, of course, has only watched what I've made him watch. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Really just, I, just I should say, Malcolm, what, what I watch, I, re- I really am. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I've only watched One Piece. I've watched One Piece, the four kids dub. And then I've also watched uh, the One Piece movie, the film uh, Z. Um, yeah. And then now I've watched the live action show fully. Um, fully? I'm That's more into thing, it I'm... now. Like I feel like I have more of an appreciation for the anime now that I've watched the live action show, if that makes sense. Interesting. Well, Interesting. It did. Why? It may, I think I, I know I, why. For one. Oh, sorry. I mean, no, you go. Thing, you, I, I want to hear your theory. Well, it's not, it's not much of a theory. It's again, I was make when I first did this, was, again, this was like episode eight or some shit. Like I just made Malcolm watch four episodes of one piece and they were from this saga we are talking about. Um, two yeah. episodes, which 
which are not even covered in these eight episodes because they made some cuts and they moved some continuity around as, as they are allowed to do. But yeah, Malcolm, the only time Malcolm saw a full story play out was uh, that movie, uh, which again takes place uh, 500 episodes after the events. And now Malcolm, you actually got to see the full origin of the Straw Hats. Yes, I did. I got to see it. Like, I, you know, I've seen like the characters like uh, Zoro and Nami and Sanji uh, and Usopp. Like, you know, briefly, like the one character that I was probably the most unfamiliar with, like just like thinking back of what I had seen is like, I was like, I forgot about Buggy the Clown and I forgot about Kobe. Uh, That's because Kobe was not in the episodes we covered and Buggy was in maybe five minutes of the episodes we covered. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. You knew Arlong. Arlong. You'd asked me about Arlong before, and I'm like, yeah, he's not in the manga anymore. Uh, he, may, he makes his one appearance. But anyways, uh, before we get sidetracked, let's get into the development of this. Of course, One Piece has been around since what? Like 19... Uh, 1999. 1999. It's a long time. 20... No, it's been longer. It's 26 years, hasn't it? The anime has been around in 1999. Yeah. It said on... Oh, yeah, the uh, anime is... The anime started the... in 1999, sorry. I've oh, never no, watched I... anime. I've actually watched, read any of the manga. Yeah. Okay. It said, I... it said the original run of the manga started in uh, July 22nd, 1997. So it's been around a while. Uh, 26 years. It's probably going to hit 30 years uh, with where the manga is heading. Uh, the manga is in its final arc, but that can mean a lot of things, uh, as One Piece fans uh, are used to. I do think it's going to yes. end within five years and maybe even less than five years because the manga's pacing the past year has been fucking speedy which is why it's been awesome um but yeah one piece it's been around since 1997 the anime started in 1999 in 2017 um a person from shonen jump had announced that they were developing a uh, live action one piece series and then yeah uh netflix picked it up in january 2020 they initially ordered 10 episodes. They cut that down to eight. And I remember being very nervous uh, because even 10 episodes didn't seem like enough to cover this East Blue Saga. Uh, yeah. Because because for reference, um, the East Blue Saga consists of 108 chapters and uh, 48 episodes in the anime. Uh, and it's not like the anime episodes were an hour long, but that's still they still effectively cut the runtime uh, by oh, about yeah. half. Um, the show, it was shot um, in South Africa in 2021. It was about a five and a half month shoot. Uh, Stephen Maida was one of the showrunners. Stephen Maida has worked on uh, shows like Lost, uh, Daybreak, Harsh Realm, and uh, the co-showrunner, Matt Owens. He's worked on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which features uh, one of the cast members uh, yeah. from this show. Uh, our boy, Jeff Ward, who I'm sure we're going to sing the praises of very soon. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, um, that's the thing. Steven Maida, he's kind of, I mean, Malcolm, uh, this is the lost reference you'll get. Steven Maida is kind of the Carlton Cuse of this duo. Uh, and Matt Owens is, uh, the younger, uh, one piece lore master of this like show running duo effectively. Okay. That's cool. I, I was curious about it because yeah, they basically, it seemed like it was a two person, team and I feel like you would need two people. Like it's just, there's so much content. There's so much like you got to figure out like what you're going to adapt, like what that arc's going to be. 
for a story that you know that let's be real you know has just gone on and on and on it's you know it's like that like the uh you know it's, it's the story that never ends here's the thing first of all live action animated adaptations have uh, not been good this was also produced by tomorrow studios which uh produced the the show we also infamously covered and i don't even think malcolm you finished it i think you had to skip a couple episodes you were suffering so much which was the live action cowboy bebop uh <laughs> Raylan, have that you lo- i want to say this right now this show head and shoulders above that cowboy bebop show like this like like this was actually like i was having a fun time watching it like it wasn't like a chore i was like oh i'm like into it like i thought like the thing that this show did so well is first of all like it knew its tone right away and was like going for it uh whereas like the cowboy beep shop show like had no idea what it was doing like they're like the writers like it really felt like it really feels like in this show the writers like have watched and read and really care about One Piece and making it great. For Cowboy Bebop, they were just like the writers of that live action show were like, it's anime. We'll just do some wacky stuff. Like that was like the vibes. Um, And this time it's like, oh yeah, no. Like stylistically, the show is also really interesting. There's like some clear shots that I was like, oh, this is like like, just visually interesting to look at. Yeah, and there's also some stuff that's... uh... A bit rough. The Luffy uh, CGI uh, sometimes looks okay and sometimes does not look okay. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to say this. I'll say this. The CGI hit and miss. It was a real yes. hit and miss operation. You kind of... What is it? How much was it per episode? It was like $18 million an episode. $18 million. This was... Um, you could not... T- I was like, where was that money going? <laughs> because oh. there were times where I'm going like, oh, it's like really cool CGI, like really cool set design and like, you know, character stuff. But then the other times you're like, $18 million, there's like a handful of characters. Like, this is like a bottle episode. <laughs> like, I feel like there was like a money laundering operation happening well, at some point. I think I, you already said it, set design. Bro, these sets were fucking expensive. Like, they made the Barati. Mm-hmm. They made um, they made Arlong Park. I guess Arlong Park was easier. But I mean, the Barate set alone. Oh, my God, what a gorgeous thing that was. And also, they, oh, yeah. they utilized a lot of practical effects. Like the fishmen weren't CGI; those were those were uh, practical costumes. Um, I did appreciate that. I loved that they were going practical. Like I feel like the thing is, is like when you do practical in any sort of these like live action shows, um, it you can like have it last longer. Like you can go back to the show in a few years and be like, oh, it looks good. Whereas like, you know, when it's like, oh, would they wearing CGI suits? It's like at a certain point, it's going to be like, oh, this is unwatchable. Yeah, I think, um, what was it? Uh, the Mandalorian popularized uh, what's known as the volume. And at first everyone was like, yo, the volume's awesome. And then as more and more shows started to use it, uh, it looked very crappy. Malcolm, well, there's no watched- depth, right? Like you, yeah. at a certain point, you know, we're like, oh, they can't go backwards. Because they're gonna hit a giant like screen. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Again, like the Baratier, like I was uh reading about how like the producers and directors were saying, yeah, we like had a drink at the Baratier at the end of that shoot. Like, come on, that's cool as fuck. Uh, I, yeah, all of it was. I think a lot of the sets were very well done, and there was like CGI of like say Buggy. I thought Buggy's CGI was really well done, and yeah, how he did of. I thought he also, sorry, I, I shouldn't start into this quite yet, but like how, <laughs> I think how just well go for he it. made it 
seem like it wasn't CGI. Like just like his middle uh, like circle that was punched out by Luffy just coming back and him like acting the part of it fucking popping back into his body was wild. Yeah, it the buggy really effects. Good. It's funny because like the buggy effects were yeah, like you said, where he's like like his body parts, not just like limbs, but even just like portions of his torso and shoulder were spinning. That looked really mm-hmm. good, but then there were some shots where it's just his head, and you'd think that would be an easy effect, and it looked uh, like fucking Power Ranger shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's he did a great job of like knowing the cues, like Jeff Ward gave, like of like having like, okay, and this is when I snap back into like being a full person. Like he just like, that takes some skill that I think a lot of actors you know, don't have, or it takes like, it would take them like a season or two to like get comfortable with. And like, he seemed to have it down immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're ready to get into like the recap. And of course, um, because we don't want this to be like a four hour podcast, we'll just talk about them as arcs. You won't say like episode one or two. We'll just be like, um, well, I guess episode one is episode one because it's standalone. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's just get right into it. You- <laughs> This is me already being like, fuck. But again, it's it's a yeah, chaos they, I will say they also like did a good job uh, before we kind of get into the recap of like, like obviously like I know that like the, there's certain arcs that were done in like two episodes that took the, you know, the anime and the manga like, you know, 40 episodes to complete. Um, and I feel like they did a good job. At least I have some of the, also some of the other One, fan, or One Piece fans that I know who were like, oh yeah, they like, they picked good points into which to reduce the like filler. Mm-hmm. Like there was no yeah, filler yeah. in this show. I never felt like, Oh, we're really no. going in waiting, like on something. They were like, Nope, we're going to keep going. And I think the yeah. hardest part about this show is going to be the fact that they're like, got to keep being successful because they have so much content to get through. <laughs> like they've got, yeah. like they're just at the beginning. So I think, yeah, before but- we get into the recap, I want to, um, sorry, Raylan, what were you going to say? I was going to just say that I think that almost makes it good for them that there's, they can kind of cut a lot of stuff and really, I think they did a good job of picking uh, what to keep and it'll be easier for them almost to do it in a sense, even though yes, there's a lot of things and that could make it hard. But I think there are in a lot of anime too, there is a lot of like fluff that doesn't need to necessarily be in it. uh, Just kind of, does a little bit more of making the person who's watching it, like maybe fall in love with the character a little bit more, or just like kind of more create the environment uh, more too, you know? Yeah. And that's what I wanted to get into um, because again, like one piece even being adapted sounds fucking insane. Like if they fucked up Dragon Ball, <laughs> if they fucked up Cowboy Bebop, which again, like Firefly already exists. Like me and Malcolm, we are on record on the pod thinking Cowboy Bebop was going to be a slam dunk. <laughs> it wasn't. So the question is like, how that might be the this- one of the worst misfires of any ad- adaptation I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't even think it was like that bad. I, I thought okay, it was like a B- I- minus C plus. <laughs> I have to I have to go in on this uh, because I haven't said anything to this. And I think it's just going to be very funny because, like, I'm probably one of the only people that actually liked <laughs> the Cowboy Peapock live action. I'm just shaking so my you, head. I'm just you like. You two are just like, fuck this piece of shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I thought for you know it's not easy uh, uh, doing an adaptation live action of an anime and i thought 
a lot of the shots and styles were pretty decent. And, you know, I thought that some of the characters were really good. There was other characters that I didn't love in it, but there I were, thought, there, I will say, I didn't think I said it in the episode or like, yeah, in that recording was that there are actors. Like I think um, like the actor who played, uh, was it Pirouette Lafoe? He was really oh, yeah, good yeah. in the Cowboy Bebop show. It was just, you know what it is? It was that thing of like, John Cho, I feel so bad for John Cho because he was, you know, like he like fought, he was the guy on like kind of the, the front lines of like representation of like Asian men just being leading actors in like North American cinema. And he just kind of aged out of the role like too much. Like it's like he just was a little too old to be Spike. And it like, and I feel like that and then took down, it was sort of like, the cat, I was just, I felt like, like, oh, the other guy who was really good was the guy who played uh, Jet Black. He was Mustafa fantastic. Shakir. He, he, was he saved that show. He was the, he, yeah. And the, you know, he also, I love the corgis. You got to give props to. But even uh, then, the, the corgi the couldn't cor- be in that. <laughs> and, and the corgis, wow. And um, the, poor per- the poor person who uh, played Ed in the last minute. And again, Ed, a character who is, you know, again, Malcolm, you and I on the Bebop podcast, we found that uh, character very endearing in the anime and gained a lot of appreciation for them. But in the last two minutes when Ed finally appears, it was fucking bad, just straight up. Uh, and no offense to the to the actor who played them, but oof, uh, they I didn't handle that tone well. I feel so bad because uh, they were... So bad because kid. it's the only scene they got to do. Yeah. And like, if they had if they were able to have done more than just like show up for the, like for this uh, cliffhanger that will never get resolved. Yes. Spike died. Oh, in that, yeah. Spike died in that version. Spike uh, uh, died of alcoholism. He, he passed out in an alley. <laughs> God, I don't even remember everyone. Yeah. I love John Cho. I think he's, he's great. great. And I, I, think, lo- yeah. but I definitely think he was too old, but I thought he did good with uh, the he did as one well he had as to work he- with. He's got did as well as he could with just like he was. I think I for me it was that I it was I felt like the the writers really let everything down. Like that's what I was yeah. like. I think the actors gave as well as best of a performance as they could have mm-hmm. given the circumstances. <laughs> and they, yes. you know, I loved whoever was doing the camera work. I thought did a really good job. I liked the. I will the say there was the different. There seemed cool. to be a very similar like shot structure from the cowboy bebop show to the one piece show like i kind so, of somewhat but not um because one piece what it does well and I, I also saw a video that compared uh it to cowboy bebop just like five minutes before we recorded but like again one of the advantages one piece has is that the entire cast was like trained in like martial arts and again it's a young cast but yeah like yeah. uh the is doing that shit and it lets them have like these really long uh stunt shots which just look fucking awesome I was True. blown away by like the stunt choreography of the show. Like, and especially knowing how young all these actors are. And they're like, for a lot of them, it's like, you know, it's kind of seems like it's one of their first big leading roles. Like that's a lot to ask for. It's like, oh, yeah. to, like to play... I think it's all of their first big well, leading not, roles. Not entirely. McKenyu, who I just uh, mentioned is the son of Sonny Chiba and he's acted in 45 movies. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so oh, okay. I see. I'm looking him up now. Looks like yeah, he's uh, has a very McKin- big following in Japan. Yeah, no, he's a uh, he's Japanese American. Oh, okay. 
he grew up in LA. Yeah, his his father is the uh, legendary uh, Sonny Chiba, who who Tarantino was a big fan of. And yeah, uh. this is his this is his fourteenth anime adaptation that he's been in. Holy shit! <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I was thinking more because I ended up looking him up after I finished watching. But like the guy who plays uh, Monkey. It's like I, you know, he. That's you know, his first. It seemed to be like one of his first leading roles. Uh, yeah. Same with Usopp. Like Usopp, it's out, looked like the actor who I want to say. I, I think. Are you mean actor, Usopp? Usopp, yeah. I okay. said, did I say it wrong? Usopp with a. Oh. Usopp. <laughs> How do you pronounce know. Usopp? I don't know. I thought it was Usopp, Usopp, however you want. It's it's a made up. I, I always thought it was Usopp because I think Usopp is his dad, isn't it? Yasop. Yasop his... is his dad. Yasop. Oh, okay. It's no Sop is something new every day. Learn something new every day, people. <laughs> but I was gonna say that like yeah, like Jacob Romero Gibson, who plays uh Usopp or Yasop, whatever or um <laughs> Was... I'm in your head now, baby. I'm in your fucking head. <laughs> I mean, my, yeah, I mean, my, I mean, my feelings. Oh no, I'm screwed. Um, yeah, he, he was great. Like he played, he got oh, yeah. some emotional moments, and like he really like killed it. Like he was, and for someone who like his previous roles besides this like leading role was just like guest spots on just like you know he had, was on an episode of Grey's Anatomy, and like he was on like an episode of like the resident and stuff like that where it's like oh he could have been a day player actor but he actually got a chance to do something more and he really like took that opportunity and ran with it absolutely yeah. emily rudd's fantastic uh she's also a, a major one piece fan like um i was watching a video and they were like asking the cast how many chapters or how many episodes of one piece are there and like she knew to the week of, of uh, <laughs> them recording that thing she's like oh yeah there's a uh, 1065 <laughs> actually oh, now so there's uh as of this recording there's 1072 or no 1075 i won't spoil i won't spoil and now i know you're not caught up on the manga so i can't uh tease for that either uh it's a good thing i asked you hey it's a good thing otherwise i was gonna say spoilers this is true. I know, <laughs> um this is true. But yeah emily rudd she's been in the fear street movies um Inaki godoy who's our luffy yeah he he was on a canadian sitcom that got canceled uh last year which I don't think he's uh, going to be crying over that. He's going to be uh, Luffy for years to come. And yeah, McKenyu, major star. Oh, he yeah. had the biggest resume. I mean, McKenyu had like probably the biggest resume of any actor, even the, the older actors on this show. Because that's the thing. They cast a lot of no names uh, to save money. This was <laughs> shot in South Africa. A lot of South African day players, some of whom, uh, because they're not part of SAG, have been uh, <laughs> tweeting and promoting their works. The actor who plays the evil butler, Kalidor slash Kuro, he has been taking advantage of the fact that I guess the South African unions uh, are not striking and tweeting nonstop about his role. <laughs> Mike, I, I feel bad for like obviously we're we're recording this during the uh, you know the SAG uh, Actra and the uh, WGA strikes, and like there are there are projects in which like. There are like certain actors who are getting an opportunity, like their first big role, who aren't allowed to speak on it publicly. And I can understand how that could be like difficult. We are like so excited. You put all these work, this work in, you 
probably been working on this for two years now. And now you're like, oh, I can't. I just have to hope people watch and find it. Now, the good thing with the One Piece is that it is like a huge brand. It has a lot of name recognition. So it's not like, oh, yeah. you know, they have to like, they were go- like, it wasn't like the actors were going to like lead that show. It was always going to be the IP was going to drive the interest. The One Piece fandom is a lot larger than the Blue Beetle Battalion, right? <laughs> No, we don't even remember that movie. I saw it. I thought it was fun. Okay, okay, already I saw it, man. I, I gave it like a B. Yeah. Good movie. I think you're the only right. one who saw it uh, that I know of. Um. The fact that Malcolm, the comic nerd, Malcolm and I, the comic nerds, Malcolm didn't even pick up on Blue Beetle Battalion, and it came out like three weeks ago. I think that tells you um, how little that fandom exists. Um, but yeah, One Piece, yeah, it has Lord. a pre-existing fandom, of course. That's also why Netflix picked it up. Well, they already have the anime going, right? On their they thing. have the anime people going. People have been demanding to put more episodes on and such. It's a whole a lot of people. Be- it's a whole thing. I think a lot of people. Sorry. I think a lot of people got like I stopped watching it on Netflix because I watched past it, so I moved on to watching it on Crunchyroll. That's what I was going to so, say. Yeah. Well, it's licensing issues. Am I right? Um, we'll see if Netflix. Probably. That's the other thing too, because like um, we're kind of jumping all over the place. Um, but this show, it did well. It did well. It's in the top uh, three highest debuts uh, for a Netflix show since they uh, started their new rating system, which is based on hours viewed in their first week. I, I saw members of the One Piece fandom crying when it didn't reach Wednesday numbers because like Wednesday had like three hundred and 50 million hours viewed what was the show the night agent that had like 190 million hours viewed in its debut and one piece only only had 140 million uh hours viewed in its first week even though it only had like four days in a week to uh get those numbers yeah i was gonna say it didn't it didn't come out yeah did it come out on monday no it came out on a thursday so it had like yeah Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it had four days to get 140 million hours viewed in an eight episode uh, season. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this Which show is, is a hit. They've. Uh, it's funny because you know everyone's like, oh my god, are they? We gonna hear about a renewal? They can't announce any renewals until um, the strike ends. Which of course Netflix should pay their fucking writers and actors. We can all agree yeah, on that. Absolutely. Um, but one of the producers did let it slip to variety. It's like, oh, yeah, we already wrote a second season of this show. Uh, so we're just waiting a couple weeks to hear about renewal. We've already talked to some executives who have said um, they're jazzed about how this show is done. And like you said, Ray Lynn, it's not just the show like that exists. It's also, I mean, it's not like 100% of the One Piece live action viewers are going to watch the anime. I think the benefit of this show is that people who don't like anime or don't want to sit through uh the uh the pacing of the anime which again is yeah. one of the, the weaknesses of the one piece anime uh which is what i wanted to get into um but yeah even then even if it's like 25 uh percent or 10 percent of people watching the live action who watch the anime that's 500 episodes right there for them to watch like that's also yeah. <laughs> that's also a reason to keep the show going for for multiple seasons and perhaps till the end uh, yeah. As we can only dream, having watched this show, because holy fuck. Um, but yeah, what? So that's the thing. I, I kept uh, being distracted, like Luffy would be distracted. But yeah, what are of the course. weaknesses of <laughs> the potential weaknesses of adapting One Piece to live action? Uh, like I just said, the pacing of this series is uh, slow. It's deliberate. There's a lot of 
uh, exposition uh, within yep. the fights. There are fights that last numerous episodes, not just one episode, but yep. numerous ones. And it doesn't even necessarily like happen back to back as well. It goes into other fights and then comes back and then goes away and comes back. I was I was watching one of the most acclaimed arcs, um, Any's Lobby, and I, I mean, I read the manga first. Such a that good was one. faster, faster way to do it. But even when I was watching the Any's Lobby um, arc, which is considered like one of the greatest ones, even I noticed the pacing was starting to decline. <laughs> it was getting oh, very yeah. bad. Like you just said, like people going back and forth to fights. Luffy is fighting the same guy for like ten episodes now. You're like, wait, didn't he use his finishing move already? Nope, there's still another one yeah. left. <laughs> so again, how the <laughs> fuck do you adapt this series which uh has characters uh that require a ton of special <laughs> effects also have characters that are very annoying like luffy usopp and uh even sanji uh again this is like the most anime anime there is they fucked yeah. up cowboy bebop they fucked up dragon ball like i don't even think dragon ball would be that hard to adapt yeah they also Monty's fucked been. up death note that's another netflix like, like misfire the movie the it was an, it was okay it was fine, but it, they should have just yeah, not adapted me. the plot. They should have just been like, oh, an American kid finds a death note and just make it its own story. I do agree with that. That's a fair... Um, um, the Stranger Things guys are adapting uh, Death Note now, so uh, uh, good luck to them. What? Yeah, they're adapting Wait, oh, they're Oh, they're making, like, oh, the people that Another produce... one. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I thought it I, was going to be Stranger Things now has... Uh, death note? <laughs> one note. It yeah, would be. Note. I mean, that would be an amazing crossover, crossover. if, like, the first episode. So stupid. And they're like, they're in. I don't know, like the um, the upside down, and then all of a sudden they're like, I, there's a book, and then and it's, the, <laughs> and it's the death note. That would be so stupid. Oh. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, hilarious. they're adapting. They're adapting Death Note, and Netflix has another kids' adventure show, um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, which is coming out in February. Um, and that's the thing. I was kind of worried for One Piece. I'm like, oh my god, you know, Netflix clearly needs a Stranger Things replacement, which is why they ordered this. They wanted a kids' adventure show with international appeal. But here's the thing about that Avatar: Last Airbender adaptation. That did not have the blessing of its showrunners, uh, the original showrunners. Mm. Those uh, people actually left during production, whereas One Piece had the blessing of Sensei Ichiro Oda. Uh, yeah. And he said, he said in a letter in July, it's like, listen, they are making changes. I had some disagreements. I even asked for reshoots and they abided. Uh, some things they really had to convince me of, but we came to an agreement and he, he gave them his blessing. Unlike the Cowboy Bebop guy who said, I watched the first episode and gave them some notes and they didn't take any of them. <laughs> and uh, they just like fucked off and he's like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, that's, I think that's what justified my, uh, my dislike for that, uh, the Cowboy Bebop show. Yeah, like it's, one the, first of all, one thing I, I'm just looking up Ichiro uh, Oda and I was like, I'm shocked he's only 48 considering he has been writing One Piece for almost 30 years. Like it's he one of those think. things like he got... Like he started at seventeen and then was just like, "I'm going for it." Or I guess like early twenties, he's like, "I'm going for it." Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. That this is his life's work so far. But uh, yeah, if I did read an article as well after this was that he gifted um, the creator of One Piece gifted T-shirts to the, uh, all the main cast members with drawings of like their characters as like, oh. which I was so like, cute. yeah. I was like, that's so nice. Like, that's such a like, 
that you're like, okay, this he like knows he's like, oh yeah, this this shows that he's like cares about the project. I mean, he's an executive producer. You know, it's like clearly that the fact that he's involved as much as he is is like, oh yeah, because they could have. There is a world where they just like you know go like you you keep making your uh, your little uh, drawings, you do your little um, uh, mangas. So we'll we'll make our Netflix show, and instead they're like, no 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 no. All right, I he's think he's very passionate. We're... Sorry, I just want to say oh. I think he's like so passionate about One Piece. It's his baby. That I mean, again, it's like yeah, he like he doesn't even do like a. He's only he did a thing. I know he did a thing with Crunchyroll for like it was a what the hell is it for like making T-shirts and stuff. But like he doesn't okay. actually like allow people to like sell something that actually he has produced. I don't know mm. how to explain yeah. this. Like he's he doesn't like have a yeah. He's very much in charge of his own work. And I think that's very appreciative as an, a, a fellow artist. Um, actually, before I forget, uh, he said he didn't think One Piece could be done in live action, but after he saw the movie Shaolin Soccer, he uh, believed it could be done. And again, um, oh. the person- Oh yeah, like, I, you, I would assume that like when he started in the 90s, that you like, he would be like, yeah, this can never be made. Like it just doesn't, you know, it, not possible but i guess that yeah since it's like that's it that the other crazy thing is like since he started writing it it's like oh it's actually possible to like make this in live action and make it look like semi good semi good exactly uh let's get right into it because again we're 30 minutes in and we haven't even done the recap so we'll see how this goes uh i'm the editor on these podcasts sasha left a million years ago so it's all up to me guys good luck all the all all of uh malcolm and raylin's uh you know, interjections are going to be kept because uh, this is just going to be a heck of a job. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No um, safety net. <laughs> no safety net. No safety net. Uncensored also, podcasting. Um. Uh, we open uh, with the infamous uh, One Piece crawl at Logtown 22 years ago. And yeah, Ian McShane is our narrator. He sets up the world. And uh, here's our first uh, major cast member we see. Garp. Uh, Gart Malcolm is a character who is not introduced. I guess he's introduced a bit into the story, but he's not really a major character until like chapter 300. And yeah, yeah this, is, this is one of the first major changes right here. Garp is uh, our first major character we see. He is overseeing the execution of Gold Roger. And Garp, because this is a live action show, Garp is a Scotsman. <laughs> that was my first note. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I will say the Vincent Regan who plays him. I always got Vincent Regan and uh, rest in peace, but uh, Ray Stevenson mixed up. Like they always like kind kind of came off as like being like, oh, they kind of play the same characters. Like those those two guys, I always just figured or were like always after the same roles. <laughs> like, but I felt Garp. I feel like the actor who played Garp was also very good. Like he was He's good. I mean, I it's also kind of him. funny that he like, they cast a Scottish guy to be a monkey's uh, grandfather and like the guy uh, who plays monkey, uh, you know, Luffy looks nothing Luffy. like him on, on any level. <laughs> Luffy, Luffy, sorry, no. Luffy. I meant to say Luffy. <laughs> um, there's a reason for that. Um, if we follow the manga, we will um, meet Luffy's dad in probably the season premiere of season two. Um, so they could maybe, maybe Gart may, uh, married a Hispanic woman or 
whatever you call that in this world because mm-hmm. uh, Mexico doesn't exist in this world. I don't fucking know how this shit works. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is there a village woman? I have no idea. But yeah, they, they cast who they cast and fuck it. You just roll with it. <laughs> Um, no, that's yeah. the thing. I kind of like the fact that they just cast, like, they just kind of cast the best actor. Like, they, the fact that they wasn't, Absolutely. they didn't seem to be a, like, memo for, like, oh, it has to be this person. It's like, it seemed like almost all the roles were, like, open. Except for, me, I guess, probably Zoro. The roles were open and not. I remember Oda, at one point, uh, said he felt, at least, and this is just what he said, like, 10, 15 years ago, he said he believed Luffy was Brazilian. He believed Zoro was Japanese. Uh, Nami was Swedish. Uh, Sanji was French. And uh, some other characters uh, who we don't see. Oh, wait, he said Usopp was African. Um, yeah, that was also another one where I was like, if they had gone and just like cast a white guy, I'd been like, <laughs> But again, it's just his drawing style. And I like the fact that like Oda was fine with... Um, them diversifying the cast because you know Oda was just drawing his characters in his house style. I don't think he was even thinking about this stuff. There's an arc, no. uh, there's an arc that will happen for season two that's set in uh, a Middle East inspired country, and obviously the characters who were drawn in that kind of house anime white style. Uh, I highly doubt they will be white in that version of the story. <laughs> uh, I would hope not. Um, I think the yeah. villain uh, could be white because maybe that could comment on. Um, a white character who want to imperialism. That's what I'm saying. There's probably an imperialism <laughs> thing they could do with that arc. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I our, actually our... gotta. Now that we have talked quickly about that, I never answered your question earlier about like why I love. Um, you didn't yeah One Piece, and obviously it's a fucking great show. Um, it's an amazing anime where. This amazing character, Luffy, is just, like, such a sweet guy. But, like, the overall arc of it, as I've watched it more and more, is just fuck the government. And I feel like that kind of, you know, falls into that, uh, what we were just talking about. Um, I love that it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. Anyways, yeah, that could be that's my little two cents. That could be a great angle for them to lean into. I was um, watching a two and a half hour uh, Twitch stream of Hassan, uh, the socialist uh, streamer, the voice of a generation. He was talking with Matt Owens, the uh, the co-showrunner of One Piece, and they were ranking the arcs. And of course, they got political. And uh, Matt Owens, who is black, um, yeah, was going into the politics and stuff. And so again, it's it's really interesting how Matt Owens's uh, perspective is going to perhaps make some changes. Cause again, Oda was just, Oda is very good at planning and he's also very good at just picking up the ball where he's like, Oh, I can take this thing I wrote 20 years ago and make it more, turn it into a whole world changing mythology thing. Uh, like any good writer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's certainly things that Oda was just writing as he went on and he didn't necessarily, uh, think everything through because you know, he was writing his weekly stories and that's fair. Hindsight is 2020. Yep. So yeah, like again, the anti-government stuff in One Piece was present. Maybe it was all like again, he was 22 when he was fucking writing this. The anti the anti-government stuff comes a bit later in the story, particularly in that arc we were talking about Raylan Eni's lobby, which ends oh, with yeah. the characters declaring But it's war also against... like people in charge too, which oh, might yeah. not necessarily be government, but these people that are trying to take over and rule 
the worlds and be like toxic rulers, which a lot of the time is like government, but it could be just like fucking bad pirates. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's it. Like that's, I mean, well, like we can kind of say like one of the last, you know, this, there's that scene kind of at the end of the, in the last episode of the season where like, you know, Kobe's like, you're a wanted man, uh, Luffy, but you're a good pirate and like realizing like, and, like that, that theme was always there. I mean, it's kind of there in the, uh, anime and the manga, but it's just like Luffy is going to, is someone who wants to be king of the pirates, but is also like different in the sense that like there, there seems to be like, he's yeah. Like it's like the whole, like the Marines, right. It's like mm-hmm. the Marines are, you know, an oppressive authoritarian entity. Like that's what they are. <laughs> like there's no way mm-hmm. around it. Absolutely. And there's goods uh, and bads within them. So, sorry. So we haven't even talked about uh, even like the first two minutes of the series, which opens with the execution of uh, Gold Roger. He, of course, says, uh, I found this treasure. You can have it. Uh, but I found it in one piece. Manga readers, uh, we still do not know what this one piece is. We have had hints, mm-hmm. but we still don't know what it is. So uh, we can't even spoil that for you. Maybe we can spoil it for you in... Uh, Three years in three years, this, uh, what is the one piece will be a Googleable thing, uh, which is good and bad because people are going to cheat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that of course sets off an incredible journey. And then we open on our boy Luffy, and he is talking to uh, is that like a pelican or something or a seagull? Oh, yeah, he's talking it's, to a, a, a seabird of some sort. A I think it's like. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a seagull, but it's not, in my opinion, because <laughs> it really doesn't look fully like one. But it is like a seagull in the like in the animes. I would say it's more of a seagull. It, it also talks too. In in the anime, it talks. But again, this is just like a fun reference. Uh, the the journalist... yeah, they they weren't they didn't seem like they wanted to commit to the talking seagull yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get talking animals, Malcolm. Wait till you see Chopper in oh. season two. Oh, we're getting oh. talking animals. Chopper. Oh yeah, no, I know that. Like I know, I remember the uh, there's the skeleton man. He's gonna have to show up at some point. I'm really curious if the skeleton man with the giant <laughs> afro, <laughs> if he's gonna be a man who's painted like as a skeleton, like he's like wearing, you know, like one of those suits. Like remember the uh, SNL sketch where it's uh, oh yeah, David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> like if it's gonna be that kind of thing, <laughs> or if they're gonna no, try to CGI it. That's gonna be CGI for sure. I think. I, I don't know. I think he could. I think he could do a skeleton man practically. Skeleton man have existed in in movies before. There's plenty of horror movies, I'm sure, like that. Tales from the Crypt exists. Um, Chopper, our, our reindeer boy. I'm hoping he's gonna be a Muppet, like maybe a Muppet with CGI assisted scenes. I uh, hope whoever did the fucking raccoon in uh, <laughs> Guardians oh, of the Galaxy is the person that's, or the people, because it's multiple people who are creating yeah. that, because they did such a good job at doing him, and Chopper needs that. The, the problem is that would mean the budget is either $50 million an episode, or Chopper only appears like five times in the eight hours they have next year. Uh, that's always the trade-off. That's the trade-off. Um, but we'll see. Anyways, we meet our boy Luffy, played by uh, the wonderful Inaki Godoy. Um, yeah, what did we think of Inaki's performance? I felt in that first episode in particular, you can feel he is a close to first time actor. Some of his line readings, they are exuberant, but 
maybe some of those didn't read the best in the trailer, which is why when I showed that trailer to friends, they didn't necessarily think it was going to be the next big thing. But, you know, the <laughs> hindsight of it, I, I saw friends who were like, this looks like the worst fucking thing. And they thought the show was going to flop. And I'm just like, no, no, no. And well, it's course- like, I will say like in the first episode, he has to be like, I'm going to be the king of the pirates. Like he has to say that line. I think I counted at least five to eight times <laughs> that he oh, yeah. has, that he has to it. say the line and like he kind of delivers it differently each time, but with like the same amount of enthusiasm. And I think part of it is like as you said, he's in clearly a newer actor. He's never led anything before. And then part of it's also like it's a bit of a thankless, like it's a very feels like a very loofy thing to like have that via the the introduction of like, oh, this is what, you know, he's about, you know, like it's that thing of like in pilots where it's like, they are just trying to set the tone. Cause I noticed after that, like him, like that over the top line reading kind of like starts diminishing as like, he maybe gets more comfortable. Absolutely. I think his performance got better and better as the season went on. I also think too, that every character in my opinion, like the development of that character showed more and more and I think that was like a really good thing to do like obviously I don't know Luffy is that like happy-go-lucky like sweet little guy and I think he's played such a good job at doing that but then as you see going on he's got more depth in his emotions and I think that was very much like showed the characters and I, I, I know we're gonna go through each character and everything but I I feel like in each character there was, it started off of like this like sweet, simple version of them to kind of give you like the main kind of idea of them. And then as the episode goes on, you see them develop more into what their character is like. Yeah. I mean, again, this is only the first arc of One Piece. This is arguably the prologue if I was going to map it all out Mm -hmm. for you guys. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. This I mean, the that... whole season in my mind was like him, uh, you know, is the crew coming together. Cause like even there, you know, there's the constant at the beginning of this season of just like, you know, um, with uh, Zoro and Nami being like, we're not a crew. Stop saying yeah. we're a crew. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end, by the middle of the season, they're like, we are a crew. We have to go get her. <laughs> You're just waiting for Vin Diesel to pop in. We're not a crew. We're family. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If Vin Diesel was there, then like the actors would be like, I will never lose a fight. And the thing is, it's like, I love that Luffy is like, I'm here to lose constantly. <laughs> like he's he's gonna win at the end, but like he's not it's not like it's an even fight. It's like he's getting his ass handed to him. And I really appreciated that, that he was like they also didn't make him start off as like he's stretchy. He kind of like he's just gonna like whiz his way through this yeah that, uh, that was never the anime so yeah no um that's the thing i think one piece does power scaling really well we'll get into that when we talk about episode five but episode five really sets the stage for just how big this world is um but yeah we see luffy he's an exuberant boy he's talking to a seagull and then uh he gets onto a pirate ship uh which is uh run by alvita and here's what i love about the show it's so fucking awesome they uh, put the bounties, uh, every time a power pirate is introduced, the bounties appear. And the pirate oh. uh, takes down the bounty in their own way. And Alvita takes down a, the bounty with like her uh, giant spike club. 
Yeah, duckhead. I love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Malcolm, what do you think of the whole bounty swiping thing? I just thought that was a that was it was fun. a great sequence. Like that's probably like that scene is probably what got me to be like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. Like obviously, I've been cover the the anime and the, on this podcast before. It was like I knew what I was walking into, but it was like, okay, I like what they're doing with this live action show. Like I can just get behind some fun, like just have yeah. like just some fun. <laughs> They do these fun stylistic touches that remind you that, like, yes, this is an anime, but, like, not in, like, a bad way. Um, unlike Cowboy Bebop, which, again, just, uh, listen, let's not talk about Vicious, how Vicious was not done well. Oh, boy. <laughs> Poor Vicious. A, a bad character in the anime made worse in the live action. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we have Luffy. Uh, we see Alvita, whom he defeats. And we also have our boy uh, Kobe, uh, played by Morgan Davies. Morgan Davies, who does... Uh, Fantastic performance. Uh, Morgan is also a trans mm. man, so of course you have the assholes uh, attacking the show for the worst fucking reasons. Of course, uh, and he fucking crushed it. He did such he, a good job. He's great. Like he was like just that's like such that's like a hard role because it's like you know he he has to come in and like be like yeah kind of like a a punching bag for a lot of people and like I like the growth. Of his yeah. character, like of Kobe, like throughout the season. Yeah, Malcolm, you had never uh, met Kobe um, in what you had watched before. So yeah, you enjoyed uh, how that character went. And this character, uh, let's get into changes. This character gets a much greater uh, role in the East Blue Saga than he did mm -hmm. in the original. So in the original, Kobe appears uh, with Alvita. They do all that shebang. They fight Axehan Morgan. And then Kobe's saga uh, and his growth with his other partner, that takes place in what are known as these cover stories. So Oda would do, uh, for his chapter covers, he would tell another story through that, which was a really fun thing. And that's also how he brought Buggy back to the fold after Buggy's arc was dealt with. But instead, the show, uh, yeah, the show brings in characters who originally took massive breaks and makes them a more core part of this season. Real. And I loved it. I loved it. It worked. Uh, in my notes, I was initially kind of bored that Kobe and Garp and uh, our boy Helmeppo were taking time away uh, from the Straw Hats. But then on my second viewing, I think it works fantastically. There was a sequence where um, when uh, Garp and Kobe are like playing. I don't know what that game is that they were playing. It, Remember the it's like. Go. Is it Go? Okay. So Go. They're playing Go. And then the transition of like the Go tile piece. And then it's goes and then it transitions to uh, Luffy's hat, and then the tile piece <laughs> disappears, and then it like pans down. That one is like it's an audacious uh, transition that I love that they went for because there's like <laughs> totally it like shouldn't work like like visually it doesn't really work <laughs> like it doesn't, <laughs> but I just love that they were like we have this idea. And we're going for it. I don't know if it was the director of the episode or if it was the showrunners or whoever made that call. But they were like, someone, like, maybe it was the writer. It was just like, this is how this we got from this scene to the next one. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. It, again, this show goes places. I also love when they just do, like, the split screen stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, this is an anime adaptation. Uh, they couldn't help themselves doing, like, comic book uh, panels on the screen. Yeah, so Alvita, she's taken down. This happens all within the first 15 minutes of the episode. We then get introduced to our boy Zoro, 
yeah, uh, Malcolm, what did you think of McKenyu's intro? Where uh, here's the thing: this is also live action original. This is a backstory uh, to Zoro taking down the uh, the elusive Mister Seven. Uh, oh, Mister So Good. Mr. Seven, who mentions Baroque works, which is uh, these writers using uh, hindsight, which is going to tie into season two. There was so much where it was like so nice seeing them put in all these little tiny Easter eggs. And then like I watched all of this with my parents and they kept like asking me questions. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> just wait. Oh, or, I'd just be wait like, like or I'd be like, watch that. Look at that. Okay. Yay. Just wait uh, eight years, and also the show has to be renewed uh, multiple times for uh, this to pay off. But it will make sense. Yeah, uh, it's going to be Baroque, so good. But yeah, the Broke Works thing is going to pay off uh, and I guess, about a year and a half when the, the next season airs. But yeah, Malcolm, what do you think of our introduction to our boy Zorro, uh, which features a fight scene where Mr. Seven is cut in half and we see his guts? Oh, so good. Yeah. No, it was, it's good. It's a great, it's a good sequence. Like, I think the problem is, is like, I don't, I like, there's parts of this I don't know what the setup is. But I think, like, again, it was really good acting, and it's a great, like, yeah, it's it's a good scene. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. McKenna kicks ass. The yeah. action in All the candle great. work of the candles blowing up. <laughs> um, what was it? Oh, uh. Uh, we got to see Helmeppo's ass in this episode, which uh, I did not uh, love. That felt very Cowboy Bebop live action to me. I'm glad that humor uh, left the show. But yeah, Helmeppo, who is the son of Axan Morgan, and he's basically a little shit in, these, uh, in this oh. intro episode. <laughs> Again, a character whose role uh, is greatly expanded in this adaptation, where by the end, you're like, oh shit, I actually like Helmeppo now. Okay, I have to say this. I thought it was such great casting, but I also, with the size of his fucking mouth, I was like, he would be such a good fucking Bon Clay. He would. I've got my Bon Clay casting. Don't worry, you'll be happy with my Bon Clay casting by the end. Right <laughs> uh, oh, when he opened out his mouth to laugh at that like little girl or whatever like the mouth i was like oh my god he would have been so good as that because he has such a huge fucking mouth okay, anyways <laughs> that's all i wanted to say no, but I no, good. I'll, I'll talk weaknesses though um i think axan morgan in this adaptation isn't as intimidating as the manga or anime i agree the- i agree I didn't even think he was that bad of a guy, honestly. I mean, he like puts uh, Zoro on, you know, um, the cross or whatever for seven days, but in the manga, it's thirty. So <laughs> Zoro is not meant to survive that. Uh, and also, like Morgan even kills his own men. Uh, he kills one of his men when the man refuses to kill the little rice ball girl because uh, the rice ball girl is pissing Morgan off. <laughs> so he's just like, "Men, yeah. shoot her!" And uh, the man refuses, and he's like, "All right, fuck you. You're dead." Mm-hmm. Here, I was like. I don't know. I didn't even think he was that bad of a dude. I mean, you know, he's as much of a dirtbag as any other Marine. Uh, yeah, I think the thing was, too, is they didn't really want to spend a ton of time. It was more setting up the fact that, like, there's rotten, like, people within this, uh, like, supposedly good part of <laughs> what's supposed to be nice. And it was more, I think him being just like this little blimp was more to help set up uh kobe and garp scenes pretty much 
Yeah, he, and even the actor, he just kind of plays him just as a dunce instead of a hard ass, I felt. He, he seemed kind of like almost a himbo or something, or a, what's what's the version of like a, an old dad himbo? I don't know what that's fucking called, but again, he's wearing like a like leopard print, for God's sake. I know. He's kind of like thinks like he's like a zaddy or something like that. That's yeah. That's what he is. Uh, Axan Morgan the Zaddy. But yeah, Malcolm Yeah, I thought that, like, okay, first of all, I also, the one thing that I thought was off putting was like the pictures of himself that are up, yeah. like the one that's in, out in the like courtyard area where they do all the fighting is like kind of looks like it's from a video game, but then he has this other one up inside, I think, his office or something. There's like another one and that one's more of like a realistic photo. And I was like, ah, these need to be consistent for me. <laughs> I, I hear you. I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that. Like you could tell it was like, they were, you know, they took the photo and like a, like a very nice sound stage and we're like, Oh, we're doing like the cast for them. We got to get like a good one. Yeah. Um, I just w wish they were more real photos. Like, of him maybe like doing something where it was like oh that's probably not great like hunting or something but i don't know and then just the weird one where it looks really it looks like a it's that like main one in the courtyard where he it's just like an anime photo or not an anime like a, a picture from like a fucking video game it was like oh i want myself as a video game picture uh really other major change uh nami is not present in this arc in uh the manga at all malcolm so that's the other thing they bring in an additional main character of course mm -hmm. to do that but i mean nami fits in greatly with this you know she's a thief. oh yeah she, she's trying to get the map to the grand line it didn't uh it didn't feel like an egregious change to me and again we also get you know a wonderful uh three hero fight scene it, they even do oh. like the uh avenger style motion where like they uh they pan the camera horizontally or whatever to do like the superhero shot which i thought was fun but so yeah. good really good fight scene uh for the first episode but i do feel the pacing of that first episode is erratic i gave that episode a seven out of ten and i even like have told friends hey don't worry it gets better uh when i rewatched the show with my mom even she wasn't really feeling it by the end of the first i don't know how do you feel malcolm i even texted you i'm like shit i don't know how you feel about this <laughs> oh no i mean yeah the first episode's a little a little all over the map, like I will, you know, I will be that. But like I said, I think having familiarity with One Piece definitely helped. Like I think if I like didn't know anything about One Piece and I was like, oh, what's on Netflix? You know, and then I just like, you know, I'm going, oh, this One Piece show. And then I clicked it and then I watched it. I'd been, I could see people being like, uh, what is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> I will say, so I watched this with my parents. I'm still going through the second go through. I'm on like episode three, but I watched it with my parents because I was like, please watch something that means a lot to me with me so I can fan about it with you. Because um, I've just been watching the anime in my room for over a year now, just being like, I can't hang out. I'm watching One Piece. And uh, my dad at first, he was like, I don't get it. What year is this? What's happening? <laughs> um, but then they were right on board by the end of the episode. They were like, oh, yeah, we're into this. But at first they seemed kind of like, what the hell is going on? Absolutely. I mean, I can't even imagine like someone just like 
again there's nothing on like the netflix posters that suggest this is about a rubber man for one thing yeah <laughs> my dad actually really loved that that uh when he like punched her like when uh the first arm stretch uh for luffy and my dad actually really liked that he was like oh <laughs> that's, yeah. that's neat <laughs> he also does a good like a good reading of the like gum gum and then like whatever the next <laughs> You know. That's the thing. Like, how the fuck do you say these lines as a real person? Seriously, how the fuck do you do that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, it's I, one thing as like a voice actor to do it. You're like, okay, I can just like have fun. But yeah, to be like, I'm on camera, they're seeing, and then I gotta do it is like, okay. Uh, also, gotta just add in real quick. Uh, oh fuck! What was it? Fuck! It wasn't something to do with the gum gum though. I'll, I'll, let's talk. Fuck. Let's talk the Shanks flashback. The Luffy's backstory. We can kind of just go at it, even though oh, yeah, yeah. here's an up to. Um, Raylan, you and I already talked about uh, the casting for Shanks. Who mm-hmm. I think this is like maybe some of the weaker casting in the show. To be honest, uh, he doesn't do mm-hmm. a bad job, but this is where I feel a. I know they can't afford a movie star, but I think they needed someone with some name recognition for this role. Um, Malcolm, how do you feel about that? I, just think uh, I mean, I thought the actor who played Shanks was good. Like, I thought he was, he did a very good job. Um, like, I didn't have any issues with it. I do kind of see how that, like, especially because of how important Shanks is to, like, the mythology of the show and to Luffy, that, that yeah, like, you could have, like, there's a part of you where you're, like, could you have spent a little bit more money to, yeah, get someone where it's, like, like, you, you that's where you're, like, kind of going, like, would Ian McShane have been like, you know, instead of him just narrating, would he have been a better choice to be like, oh, come in and play Shanks for us? I think I think McShane could have been a good Gold Roger, but even Gold Roger is supposed to be like in his fifties or forties, so I think that's the issue. But in, McShane has the Gold Roger voice. I think even the Gold Roger actor kind of threw away his lines, and I totally get it because mm-hmm. you're an actor auditioning for the show again the gold roger guy just gets like a single little monologue and then he shows up on set and he's he shows up for half of day and then he's out um he doesn't have that time yeah. to really get the vibe of this tone they're yeah going i mean they cast a, a good actor like michael dorman who played gold roger he's good. yeah i uh, like him you know he's in uh for all mankind and did patriot and stuff like that like he's Excellent. I didn't realize it was him until I looked it up afterwards because I was like, who's that? Because he like seemed kind of familiar, but he was also really like commanding presence. So I thought he would be like a British actor, Swedish. Um, okay. And- I, fi- I, I didn't even look him up. I just looked him up right now or- and I was like, oh, I see. So they made him look old because they're going to be bringing him back to do like throwbacks and stuff for probably the next few seasons because there is a bunch of like him being young and people talking about what he did and his adventures and stuff. So that makes sense. I was like, I fucking hate this makeup on this person. <laughs> yeah. It's clear that the, he's cause, cause that is this one thing that the show utilized is like flashbacks. Like they are going mm-hmm. that, you know, you referenced lost earlier. There's that little bit of that lost element of like, Every character gets a bunch of flashbacks. <laughs> but yeah, my, my and I want to say something just like with the flashback. All the young actors that they got to play uh, in the show crushed it. They were all great. Like all the kid a- child actors who showed up were like really good. 
Yeah, no, Luffy's uh, young actor was fantastic, even though he, he does not even have an accent. And even my mom Yeah, was that like, was the one thing that bothered me. I mean, they're not going to look identical to the other person, though I've seen lots of, like, shows where they did a really good job of, like, making the young person look like the older version. But yeah. friggin' the fact that he doesn't have an accent or, like, talk similar, and then he all of a sudden has this... Like accent and talking the same way, it's like okay, okay. I think I think the reality is it's probably hard to find like a six to seven year old actor who is uh, Mexican, has an accent, and can act uh, well in English. I think that's yeah. yeah. I, I will say the one thing that surprised me was the uh, was looking up the guy, the kid who played the young uh, Sanji, is the uh, the lead actor in Sweet Tooth. Yeah. It's the same actor, which I was kind of shocked by. I was like, yeah, he was fantastic because he had to he had to go do an accent. Like he was doing, he was the only child actor who was like, my character has an accent. I'm going to do an accent. The others were like, I'm I'm good, especially young uh, Luffy. Um, but no, the young Luffy actor again. Listen, this show has a weird reality. Anyways, this is a show where uh, yeah. people I, use uh, scales it, as, as transponders. In my head canon, he as like you know when your voice changes when you get yeah. older, that he also had a change in inflection. Yeah, so whatever. Uh, he, who knows, he, he started wearing that hat and it was weighing his head down, uh, um, and it changed of his vocal <laughs> cords. Maybe he went to a different village uh, for the next couple of years. And yeah. Just um, but yeah, no, you know, I'm actually... a different voice now. I, I, I go to a different. My school goes to a different village. I go to a different. Whatever. <laughs> My thing with Shanks is, again, it's the whole anime thing. I think if you're just someone like Malcolm and just watching the show, you're like, yeah, he did fine with his line reads. But yeah, that character in the series is so mythic. And even then, he kind of throws away his lines. Like uh, when he when he pulls Luffy's hand when Luffy eats the uh, gum gum fruit, he's just like, Luffy, what have you done? But in like the anime and manga, he's like, oh shit, what have you fucking done? Yeah. It's played more as like, because again, the funny thing about Shanks is even though he is this like mythic legendary pirate, I mean, mild spoiler alert, uh, Shanks has like one of the biggest bounties uh, Mm -hmm. ever. Um, He's even like an emperor, which puts him in the top four pirates. Um, But again, he's also a guy who fucks up. He's he's just kind of this like dude, bro. Um, that's how I felt about some of his line readings. Uh, I actually liked him a lot more in his final scene. I think his final scene captured the shanksness to me. Yeah, I would agree. I also think that, I don't know, to me, uh, Shanks had to be more of like a like slightly stereotypical, attractive, like a buffer guy um that's just like humble <laughs> i don't know yeah, how no. to explain it other than that not that like peter isn't yeah. an attractive person and he's a good actor i think he did i think he did a good job i just like think that they could have went with someone that was like a little bit more stereotypical attractive that's a bit like taller and buffer because I don't know. If you look at the anime, it seems like he's like this extremely like strong, attractive character that's actually just like an an everyday guy that's like very humble and also like kind. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. 
I think Peter, uh, if they bring him back for season four or season three when he gets some big scenes, you know, he should he should probably start exercising. He should, you know, get oh yeah, get fucking bulk out. Because there's a uh, there's some prominent Shank scenes. Uh, they happen rarely, but when they do, again, he's he's a guy who can command lightning, not even because of his power, mm. just because of his force of will. Um, yeah, the other actor... and he's also from what I'm. From what I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's never actually had a devil fruit. He's just a fucking powerful human. Yeah, he, he has the hockey ability, uh, which this show actually teases. Uh, hockey was not a power concept uh, yeah. when Oda was writing. It came more prominently into the later, later arcs. It's first hinted as mantra in uh, what would be season three, I guess, of this show, where they go to Skypea, mm -hmm. And then... In the uh, after the time skip, hockey is like the thing. Everyone, everyone has fucking hockey. Luffy gets hockey. Zoro gets hockey. They all get hockey. Uh, I don't think Nami or Ramen. Uh, they should get hockey though at some points. Uh, Oda, don't be sexist. Come on, let your girls uh, have some better fights. Fucking, uh, if anyone's gonna get it, it's definitely gonna be uh, Robin. Yeah, I mean Nami. She has the ability to command lightning with her. Uh, cloud friend zeus uh, which again this is this is shit we're talking about that's gonna happen 10 years from now malcolm yeah <laughs> uh, everyone gets big power-ups but yeah they're able to hint at hockey uh when uh shanks saves luffy uh from like the giant fish the sea beast because when he's like staring down the sea beast and the sea beast eye change that's shanks using uh conqueror hockey um mm -hmm. but yeah he doesn't have a devil fruit uh instead he just has kind of aura <clears throat> yeah uh, which also explains how characters uh, like Mihawk and Garp are, are able to have like s seemingly supernatural levels of strength, but they aren't technically powered. Am I explaining that right, Raylan? I feel like I'm doing that right. No, I think you're doing it beautifully. Hockey, hockey explained. There we go. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. the benefit of the hindsight uh, that the show can more clearly hint at these abilities. Because again, they have 26 years of manga uh, to go through. It's true. Yeah, right. Uh, any anything more to say about the Shanks flashback? Oh yeah, uh, my buddy, my buddy Anthony, who's also been on the show, he was unhappy with the casting of Ben Beckman, who is uh, the guy wearing the black shirt. He said he was too fat too. <laughs> and I had told you, Ray Lynn, in our conversations, like, oh my and, god, they yeah. did Ben Beckman dirty. And I was like, I don't even fucking know who that is. <laughs> ben Beckman, who has maybe five lines in uh, the twenty six years of this manga, but again. The, the thing about One Piece is everyone has a favorite minor character. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And Ben Beckman <clears throat> is like uh, Shanks' uh, first mate. And Also, I, mean, for, I gotta say, there's something very funny about the fact that there's just a minor character in One Piece that's just, his name is Ben Beckman, like, which is like a very accountant name. It's like, that's like, feels like the name of my, like, accountant. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who does uh, your okay. taxes? Ben Beckman does. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like everyone else is like Axe Hand Morgan and Shanks and Monkey D Luffy and like Monkey D Garp and Buggy the Clown and then and then Ben Beckman. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. It's funny when they have normal <laughs> names. And we get into like the names of later characters like Trafalgar Law, which I don't even know if I fucking said that right. <laughs> well, it's Trafalgar is a street in Vancouver, yeah. so I think that's I think that's how you pronounce it. Trafalgar Law. But again, that's not even a real fucking name. That's just a made-up shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it is Tra funny. Trafalgar Law does sound like the law firm that you go to when you're like, I, I got into an accident and I looked up at the billboard. And then, and then... 
I know we, I know we've been shitting on uh, Peter Gadiot a bit for his Shanks performance, but I do think when he gives Luffy the straw hat, like my mom cried. Oh, that. that was such a great it's, scene. It's again, I that's why I wasn't shitting on him. I thought again he did a good job. I know he's not the perfect embodiment of what you know you two uh, were hoping, but I felt that it was like for a you know my character. It's like oh yeah, this is good. And again, yeah, he could have had the gravitas of like you know someone who was a little bigger of an actor. Uh, but I, I'm not sure who that actor would have been. Like, are you, ta- you know, do you go uh, for someone older? Do you need someone little, you know, you know, who would that have been? I mean, in my head, it's been Matthew McConaughey. I know he's too old for it, but that's who I, is Shanks to me. I don't know. Raylan, <laughs> no. who's your <laughs> Matthew no. McConaughey? No. <laughs> Oh, I would rather die than ever <laughs> see Matthew McConaughey in this show. I honestly fucking killed me before that ever happens. All right, who's your who's your Shanks? Who was your Shanks cast? I I don't know. I haven't really like thought about it. John Travolta. You know what? When I think about it, uh, and you know, I'll figure something out, and I'll let you know so that when you're doing <laughs> promos. Then I can be like, hey, you know what? I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, though, real quick, I thought it was very funny. And I tried to make a joke on one of the uh, One Piece like pages where they are making fun of the shoes that Shanks was wearing. (laughs) But in the. Yeah. I mean, it's like, whatever. People are going to nitpick shit. But there's one guy in his crew called Lucky Rue, I think. I R-O. love Lucky Rue. He was fucking dope. Okay, but doesn't he also look like the like guy from the Adams family? I like Faster, yeah. I don't know. What yeah. are you talking about Faster? I thought it was so funny. I was like, is that Faster right there? Just he just looks so much like him, and I thought it was very hilarious. And so I I, I wrote in the thing, I was like, well, hey, we didn't know that they were gonna do an Adams family crossover. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know what? Fuck you too. This was right. funny to me. Right. Bring in Jenny. Bring in Jenny Ortega. <laughs> Jenny Ortega's gonna uh, cancel Wente herself just to get into One Piece, which would be dope. <laughs> uh, she would have been uh, great as Nami. Like she would have been awesome. Um, she, she could be a. I mean, I guess she's too young for Nico Robin. But there's another character, another goth girl character called Perona, uh, who's who's really fun. Who would appear in, I guess, like season four during Thriller Bark. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyways, I am so nervous about Robin. So nervous for who they pick for yeah. Robin because that's a- Robin is the hottest character of all time for me. And if they don't pick someone that's the hottest character of all time for me, I'm going to slightly die in a hole. <laughs> Not as bad as Matthew McConaughey being in the fucking <laughs> show, but I, I definitely will. I'll be sad. Yeah, It'll let's be, let's yeah. talk about some of the best casting on the show. Uh, episode one ends with our introduction to Buggy the Clown and the way he Ooh. swipes his bounty down. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! I got chills. Uh, so that Malcolm, was actually the first time I recognized like the way they were doing the bounty was when he did it. Yeah, Alvita did I had it to notice so well. That this- I had to notice it the second time when I watched Elvita because she's doing it in the middle of an action scene too. But Buggy gets yeah. the fucking star treatment where you just see oh. him and he's, you know, on his little throne. Bounty appears and then he just fucking throws it to the ground because he's too good for that shit. Oh my God, chills. And that's where I'm like, fuck yes, this show is already 
going places. This isn't a show where it's taking five episodes to get good. This is like, we're in it now with the buggy episode. In fact, I took zero. I took only like three notes because I was just so enthralled in the buggy episode. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah let's just get right in. So into, oh my God. Malcolm, what do you think of our boy buggy the clown? Awesome performance. It's so, it's like Jeb would like, I've no, I've heard of him. Like I've seen, I remember like after I looked him up, cause I was again, I, that was one of those people where I'm like, who is this actor? Like this, like, cause he's crushing in this like over the top performance. Um, and then I realized like, I was, I'm a fan of this show called um, Channel Zero. And he was on this app season called The No End House. And he had this like really subdued performance. Like it was very like, he was very like grounded and like close to himself. And like, I'd seen him also in, um, he was in Hacks. He was in Hacks. He was the guy, I don't know if you ever saw Hacks. Nope. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's in one episode, very impactful, where like the main character hooks up with him. And then, like, do you mind my, minor spoilers? Go for it. But, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Well, he, he hooks up with the main character and then he like, kills himself because he's like in a bunch of debt and it's like what the fuck like it's like this crazy thing Ooh. in a comedy show um and again very like grounded and so to, for him for me i was like not expecting that he had this kind of level of performance in him and i was like i was like oh hell yeah like this is this is gonna open up a whole new chapter for his career like he's gonna be able to be the guy who goes like over the top and does like really fun stuff um, yeah, so Bucky is uh, Buggy is on record for being Ichiro Oda's favorite character in the series. Uh, Buggy is also still very prominent in uh, the manga. In fact, again, oh, Raylan, yeah. Raylan is not caught up, but Buggy gets some really good shit in in the past year. Uh, he's he's the guy who fails upwards. That's what's funny about him. He oh. he he gets more and more success. He he gets some uh, unexpected team ups because uh, some stronger characters just find him to be a useful front for their own dealings. And <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Buggy's success in the One Piece world is very much some social commentary of like, yeah, this loser is going to be one of the biggest players in the fucking world. Uh, yeah, but he, out of but just not pure loser. luck, not even him. <laughs> no, he fucking sucks. Uh, but he doesn't suck because his <laughs> performance is awesome and he's yeah. incredibly entertaining. And in this first episode, in... I mean, the buggy stocks are at its highest, uh, at least when it comes to intimidation in this first episode, because, yeah, he's got an intimidating power. Again, he can... Oh. The power of the chop-chop fruit, which, again, how the fuck were they going to do that? And yet, it just looks so good uh, when he they do the big action scene. Yeah, when he does chop-chop cannon, again, he that actor sells that. <laughs> he says the yeah. words chop-chop cannon, and it doesn't sound, you know, Stupid. terrible. Yeah, there yeah. he doesn't sound stupid. You're not like, oh, like he's like, yeah, he's got it. And I think it's again that performance of like he's able to by just kind of being so over the top and menacing at the same time. I want to also say that he's menacing. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking scary in this episode. And then obviously, as as the uh, arc goes on, he becomes less so. Um, yeah, like him and just as a head, where they're just like. You know, they just drop him in. He's like, ow, my nose. <laughs> like, it just, he becomes more of an actual clown. And I really did, like, appreciate that as well. Considering oh, yeah. that's also got to be so hard and thankless. Like, I don't know how they filmed it where it's just, like, his head. Like, he's got it. Like, because it's clearly not green screen. Like, it seems like 
they were holding maybe like a green screen dummy head mm. around and then they put his face in. So that means he probably wasn't interacting mm. with the other actors when he was filming his like headless stuff or not his oh, bodyless yeah, stuff. Yeah. When it, when his head is like just on like a surface um, that was done practically, like they just had Jeff Ward uh, through a hole or whatever. And, you know, he was just like in a compartment or some shit. So old school, but yeah, that's how they did it for that stuff. I love Buggy, Buggy's intro where he complains about the lack of the dancing lion because that is a character who does get cut from this adaptation, which is Richie the Lion. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, they know. They know the fans are going to ask for Richie yeah. the Lion, so he mentions it. Uh, that was really well yeah. done. I also loved how it started off. Like Buggy seemed like he was almost this really dark, menacing character. But as the episode goes on, it's like, oh, no, this guy's just a fucking loser dork that's just somehow gotten into power. And it, like, came across so well. Like, the development on it was really fucking done well. He did a great yeah. job. Again, there's so much I want to say, but I can't because, you know, Malcolm will watch it in eight years when he when he sees what happens in Buggy. I mean, you could just say I, I will forget about it. I, I mean, Buggy, Buggy gets, spoiler alert for anyone who cares, 20-second spoiler alert, Buggy gets one of the top four highest bounties in the series. No, well, like he gets it as a person or he... he his crew, his, his crew, it's not just him, but Buggy is in the top four of uh, most notorious pirates. And... Ah. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a showdown between Buggy, Shanks, Blackbeard, and Luffy for the One Piece. They're they're already making it pretty clear that's how the yeah. uh, hunt for the One Piece arc is going to play out. The four, the top four crews. So I think so too. So Buggy, I also just can't wait to see Shanks and Luffy kind of team up a bit too. But they're all they also have to have a fight. I mean, it might not be a oh, fight. Oh, they the will. Death, but they ha- they have to have a fight. We're I think for they will, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to try. I think they'll. This is just a weird production that yeah. I don't even really need to say in this, but I think they're going to work together to get rid of uh, the fucking buggy. Dumbass. And then I think Blackbeard is going to fucking somehow kill um, Shanks, and then uh, it'll just be Luffy and Blackbeard. The, the the series is definitely building up to you know on one side it's um a lot of the supporting characters versus the world government and then it's going to be luffy versus blackbeard for the big final fight yeah the emotional space it's basically you know, who, in, who inherits the world is it blackbeard's uh gross cynical version or luffy's optimistic version and again they're both yes. part of the same pirate generation so it makes sense mm-hmm. it, it's naruto, naruto versus sasuke it's yeah. Goku versus vegeta um but yeah back to buggy again you know i wouldn't be surprised if buggy is actually the one to find the one piece and obviously luffy will obtain it but it could be buggy like opening up the chest and uh having like a cliffhanger to a chapter being like wait is it fucking buggy who's gonna be king of the pirates i also like the idea that buggy think like finds it but it's like we don't actually know if the one piece is an actual fucking object or not but i feel like buggy's reaction to it is gonna be like this is what i fought for this is so fucking lame and then fucking luffy being like this is amazing i could see that we we know the one piece is not the friends uh we've made along the way we that's been confirmed but it is something (laughs) um that the world government doesn't want people to see and we also know that it made shanks laugh because uh, laughter plays a big role in this series. Uh, oh yeah. So again, we're we're talking long term. But anyways, back to the buggy episode. This is just 
this is what I've complained about to Malcolm and Malcolm's complained about to me. Just the fact that Netflix has a bad habit of doing these eight hour movies. And yeah, we just get to have a fun adventure versus buggy that leads into the mm-hmm. following episodes. But again, it's a pretty self-contained thing. Yeah. I, will, uh, yeah, I was going to say this actually felt like a show like this actually like, again, it has all these like little mini arcs to it. Like it's like most of them are two episodes, right? It's like a two episodes here, two episodes to the next thing. But still, mm-hmm. it's not like I get yeah, this was not an eight hour movie. This was actually like, you know, like, obviously, I watched this pretty quickly this week to go and like prepare for the podcast. But like, I could easily see myself if I wanted to, you know, space it out, like you watch an episode or two, and then you're like, okay, and then you can come back to it the next day instead of being like, God damn, I'm like in the middle of a, you know, again, eight hour, 10 hour Mm -hmm. movie. Absolutely. And then, yeah, Buggy, he gets taken down in a fun way where his body parts uh, are are kept in the chest and he's left to be just a head. Uh, Yeah, I thought the Buggy episode was fantastic. I don't think we have anything more to say about that. Any more final thoughts on the buggy episode before we get to the Usopp arc? No? Nope. All right. Perfect. Perfect uh, hour of television. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Tell No Tales and the Pirates are coming. This is a two-part arc with Usopp. Um, Malcolm, yeah, you were the one who uh, highlighted uh, Jacob Romero Gibson's performance. Again, Usopp, Ray Lynn, you and I can attest. Usopp is a character that can be very annoying. He is a liar and a coward, which are not endearing qualities. Oh, yeah. 100%. But he fucking crushed it. I thought he yeah, did a great job. I think the yeah, show, like, the the actor gave it uh, gave him a lot a lot of humanity and a lot of like sympathy. Where you're just like, oh man, like you're just like him, like at the end of the episode, being like, no one believes me. I don't understand. He's crying these real tears, and then Kobe's just mm-hmm. like, I believe you. I was like, ah, oh, my heart. Except uh, <laughs> Kobe then believes the evil butler. Fucking Kobe, man. Fucking yeah, Kobe. I think Kobe, yeah, I was like, and then after that, like, within 10 minutes, they're like, you know, they're like, you know, Kobe's like, this piece of shit's lying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he also, Kobe also wanted to go in. I don't yeah, think Kobe, I, know. I don't think Kobe fully believed him, but I think Kobe's still developing as like being strong and confident. So he's not going to be like, stop, let me in kind of thing, especially with that insane uh butler <laughs> yeah the butler who is very clearly uh uh the bad guy even my mom was like is this the villain i'm like there's only been like two other characters in this episode of course he's the villain <laughs> yeah. uh, they do they do make a cut in this arc um they get rid of Django the hypnotist which is a bummer because Django actually appears in later arcs so i don't know if they'll ever mm-hmm. bring Django back but that's a bummer Django was a fun guy uh, they but might I do, bring him back. I could see it being like a recasting kind of thing. Well, not a recasting because he's just never been cast. He didn't appear in the episode. No. Oh. Django the Hypnotist is in. You're is probably. A, th- yeah. He's probably thinking of Mary who died at the end. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Also, Mary, I didn't think died. So I don't really understand what happened there because I don't yeah, remember this... him actually fully dying in the anime. Because by the end when they're doing the spoiler alert they like could do that whole meeting of everyone in the fucking what the hell is it where all those horrible people are montage at the end yeah they do like that big meeting that's like happening where um oh the reverie or something are you talking yeah yeah yeah. i'm pretty sure they're there like are they Um, there uh, in that 
I mean, Kaya could be there, but yeah, no, Mary's dead. The show uh, does kill off characters. It kills off another character in the following arc who uh, is not dead in the series. But yeah, they're uh, just being a little more ruthless and there's more stakes to it. In anime, of course, it's a cartoon. People can survive any number of wounds. But nope, uh, Mary is killed yeah. by the evil uh, butler, Kalidor slash Kuro of the Black Cat Pirates. Um. Again, this show, the fucking casting, the guy looks just like Kuro, for fuck's sake. I loved yeah, it. He's, they he's just like really picked him good. up. They found Kuro. He he had disguised himself as an actor and uh he's reprising his role. <laughs> um, yeah, he did a great job. He was fucking gross. And they gave him, I the, hated him. That's the thing, like they commit to all this shit so much. Like, you know, when I heard they were adapting this, I'm like, okay, we're they're, they're gonna cheat. Like Zoro. He can maybe do the three sword style, but you know, he'll have a dagger in his mouth, but no, he does three fucking katanas. Uh, yeah. And Kuro, we get his like long ass kitty claws. Oh which, God. They're so silly, but the show just fucking commits to it. I love it. Uh, and it is, I uh, feel like they did a great job of making it look like it was more spooky, but there was definitely times where he was like, but he looked very fucking dumb. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is also the arc um, Matt Owens, when he was doing his rankings with Hassan, he actually said the original version of, of this arc, Syrup Village, he actually gave it a D. Uh, so I guess this is them trying to improve upon it. Um, mm. I still think it might be the weakest portion of the series. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. It's maybe like a six, six and a half out of ten or something. It's got its moments. Obviously, Jacob yeah. Romero's performance is fantastic. His relationship with Kaya... But, you know, it's them trapped in a house for the final episode. It's, it's kind of yeah. all over the place. Uh, and Luffy also uh, has to get poisoned for eating too much, which is pretty silly. Um, yeah. I like what Oda has said. Oda has just said, he's like, yeah, Luffy is such an overpowered character that I have to find ways to get rid of him in the story early. <laughs> so he doesn't just end it. And obviously, uh, Helmeppo and Kobe, they are not present in the original version. So it's just... no. I, I reread the arc earlier today, and for one thing, there's none of this like home invasion stuff. It's just them on the beach fighting a bunch of pirates, and yeah, it's fine, it's fine. So yeah, I could see why Matt Owens gave it a D. It's pretty unmemorable. Yeah, I I actually remembered this episode because I did like uh I like Usopp or Usopp or whatever y'all want to call Usopp. Usopp. I looked it up. It's Usopp. Okay, Usopp. Um. I swear in the anime they say Usopp. So like it sounds like Usopp to me, but oh. I feel like we're right in the actual like uh live action they were saying Usopp. Um but I remember that whole thing of them it was pirates, I think were actually and there I wanna say it was pirates and also um oh god. It's, I want to say there was something else, but the, like the whole troop comes up yeah, and invades, uh, and there's that. Yeah, it's a whole pirate group, and um, the two henchmen uh, are just—they don't even disguise themselves. They're just—they're just pirates, and they show up at the beach yeah. or fights them and defeats them. That's it. Yeah, uh, exactly. I thought they were fun roles in the live action. When they go into yeah. their uh, pirate costumes, that was again full blown anime and pretty cute. Uh, yeah, it was very silly. The kind of awkward thing about episode four is that they also uh, fit in uh, Zoro's flashbacks, uh, which I think are good. It's just, I almost wish like maybe those flashbacks would have been better suited 
to just the following episode, episode five, which is fully focused on Zoro. But again, I don't know. They're, they did what they had to do. Yeah, well, they need yeah. to, like, set up the, like, you know, the fight and, you know, also set up the death of his friend mm-hmm. and, like, why he's on this journey. But, like, yeah, that, that's probably one of those decisions where, like, when they went from 10 episodes to eight, they were like, we have to fit this in. And I think that's where, like, it probably got shifted a little sooner Yeah, than probably, like, if it was 10 episodes, like, it would have been its own. And it's also Zoro going through the Dark Knight Rises. Uh... Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that was the other thing. It's like, oh, they totally fucking took that from the Batman movie where he's like climbing up and stuff. Yeah, uh, there's oh, also definitely. Funny... Plus, also, the thing that I also hated is that friggin' Mary was supposed to be thrown down there as well, but you didn't see Mary down there at all. Oh, yeah, they didn't even like, <laughs> yeah, there was like, oh, they, shit, they, he didn't even like wake up and see him. It was like, there was no Mary down there. I'm like, Mary was literally thrown down there before you. Yeah, it would have been funnier, yeah, if it was just like he was just like on top of Mary. He's like, oh, like that's <laughs> why he survived. Just landing on a corpse. Yeah, <laughs> bizarre. Anyway, sorry. We also get in this whole thing where uh, Zoro goes the wrong way. He's like, shit, I was trying to get to the mansion and instead he runs into Luke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. that's the other- Zoro gets some fun lines in this episode where like he's exploring the mansion he's just with Luffy just at night and he's just like, shit, this place is like a maze and Luffy is just like, the fuck are you talking about? This is a very yeah. straightforward place. Uh, but it was such good. I think that was really too for like a little like kind of hat tilt to the anime fans that are like know that he has like bad direction, but like nobody else in like the series that are watching that has no idea what they're watching will know. So it's like kind of a nice little like Easter egg for us. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah, there's another fun moment where uh, Nami is trying on the dresses and then she's like to Luffy, like, how does this look? And he's just like, I don't know, it looks like Nami. And she's like, what What about this one? And she's clearly trying to fish for a compliment. And he's like, you look like Nami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Luffy, yeah. Luffy, is, Luffy is like asexual, aromantic or something. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, and Oda, he's got, he's got has, a singular goal and he's not going to allow uh, anyone uh, get in the way. Of being king of the pirates, <laughs> his, he, his love is for adventure. That's his love. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Oda before has said there are no romances uh, between the crew. He's very anti-romance. Yeah. Uh, the fact that uh, Usopp even gets a kiss at the end of this arc was considered a big deal for people because he doesn't kiss Kaya in the original. Yeah, but I think it was good too because it was like it, it seemed more like a. It was like well, something everyone kind of wanted too. Yeah, and this, it wasn't this, like it was part of the crew, so it was kind of acceptable. And, and this, yeah, is charming, I thought that man. was an earned kiss. Like it was kind yeah. of that mm-hmm. thing where I was like, it makes sense. Like you go, you know, go for it. You know, it does like give him a little bit more of like an arc of like I'm doing this to like come back and be like, here are my actual adventures. Like he's not going to be the liar. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets to go off and like become a doctor you know win-win yeah and also he's not like leaving her with a child <laughs> like every other pirate <laughs> that's it oh yeah is Usopp's dad one of the the worst characters on this show the guy who just fucked off and let his uh wife die <laughs> yeah, yes. but that's like every every character almost except for right. um, are you, yeah are you a real pirate, pirate pretty much did that <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you have to. Uh, to be a pirate, you must. Uh, you know, you must leave your family for the sea. 
Here's the thing. Like yeah. Shanks, Shanks didn't have a, well, actually no fuck. Now we know from the one piece of red movie that Shanks kind of had a daughter, but not by blood. So uh, he had, he had Uta. Gold D Roger, which he had who, wait, his was fucking, what's his name? Ace. Was, Ace was Ace. kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he fucking left him. Right. Okay. And then died. Um, <laughs> and fucking then... Same thing with, Luffy's dad. Oh yeah, Luffy's the dad only also pirate left that actually fucking stayed uh, with his wife, but they didn't have a kid. Was because she couldn't. Was that fucking what's his name? And um, that's the big baby guy that used to be attractive, but then you turned into a big fat baby. I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. But damn, that's okay. the only good uh, husband. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that was, was literally the only husband that like stuck around, and then he became bitter and angry. The, um, the capo guy, I forget his uh, name. His name is like Beige or something. He's like the mafia uh, Don. Oh yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's not, a good dad too. He's a good dad. A good he dad. has a bunch of kids with um the big mom, some big yeah. mom pirate lieutenant. But again, this is shit we're talking about. It's like ten years away. <laughs> well he uh, has he he has one he actually has one kid with uh big mom's daughter too yeah something like that that's he has all the kids with her or something i'm glad or maybe we, it's just the one i'm glad has, we found <laughs> yeah he's a good guy he's a good dad he's, he's a good dad he's a good dad but yeah yeah sop terrible father never even saw his wife ever again yeah um <laughs> I'm gl- I'm happy Yasop got the dread so when we, we see him next. They 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 go by Yasop's uh correct uh hair because in his first appearance he has an afro and then the next one he has dreads. Anyways, um what what do you think of the gum gum bell uh CGI Malcolm? That was a pretty uh horrific one, I think. Yeah, it was bad. There was a, but that wasn't as bad as like in that episode where like the ship sails at the end. And I was like, oh, this is, like, looks like it needed, like, another, like, couple of weeks of just, like, rendering. Um, but, yeah, that it wasn't great. They, the, whoever was in charge of the uh, VFX of this episode, like, ugh, ugh. I think it's always going to be not super palatable for any of Luffy's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but it's that's the hard part. It's like they've been wanting, like, even like you know, when Marvel has done stretch stuff, like it doesn't look like stretching, like Stretch Armstrong or like whatever, like stretching just doesn't look like it sounds better than it looks on film right now. Yeah. Which is we just don't have the technology to stretch out a person Stretch- <laughs> on stretching, film. Stretching was made for comics and uh, yeah. animation for sure. Hundred percent. So this episode, it ends with them finally getting the ship. There's also a, a fun thing earlier on where like Nami makes a bet with Luffy. Nami thinks she's just oh, yeah. steal the ship. And then Luffy's like, nah, we're going to do it our way. And Luffy, of course, wins the bet, which is cute. Yeah. And then this is the big fucking moment. When I first heard the intro music to this show, it wasn't uh, the famous uh, One Piece intro, We Are. And I was just like, where the fuck is We Are? Is We Are not going to play in this? And then... When they finally get the ship, they play <laughs> the original One Piece theme music, We Are, and I just melted. Oh, yeah, it was so good. It's such good timing. It's like, of course they play it when they get the Going Mary, because now they're an actual pirate crew. Like, yeah, that's the exactly. type of shit where 
saving that till that moment makes so much fucking sense. I loved it. Oh yeah. Such and, good uh, ideas and follow throughs. Mm. And then of course, Usopp gets this funny moment where he, he comes up with this Jolly Roger and it's a uh, <laughs> captain Usopp. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That captain was good. Usopp. Um, and then the episode ends with a big reveal, Malcolm. What did you think of the grandpa reveal? That one, I'm. I mean, that one was. It made sense, like in terms of. I kind of knew that. Like I, heard, I had like read like back in the day that like oh the you know this admiral character was the grandfather. So like I'll be honest, I it probably didn't play out the way I wish it did. Like in the sense that it should have been a bigger reveal. Like I kind of knew. Um, because I have read like up on One Piece since, like I just haven't like watched or in, engaged in a meaningful way. So, but I do think the way they played it off, like I was like, oh, like it did. I was surprised they did the reveal kind of when they did it. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and that was also one of Oda's uh, not complaints, but they had to convince him. They had first of all, they had to convince Oda they were going to bring in Garp this early. Because again, the, the grandpa reveal happens like if, if this was the TV show version, it would happen at the end of season three, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. So they played up way earlier. Um, but Ray Lynn, I think you and I can agree that the the Garp stuff is controversial, but I think fans are enjoying it. And I think it does make oh, sense to have this. Yeah, it's I think great. It makes, I think it Sorry, made sense to bring it in. I think it made sense to bring it in earlier because it, I think the family connection to Luffy the way they play it, it's like, oh yeah, this vice admiral who has a family connection to our lead hero. And of course, the fact that Garp wants to, uh, has his own views of how the world should work. And uh, yeah. is maybe not so happy his uh, grandson has become a pirate. And then of course, he develops this uh, new son relationship with Kobe. And just the yes. contrast. And also Garp's own failings as a grandfather. And uh at some point in the series, we're going to meet Garp's uh, son, who is uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because his uh, son is the leader of the Revolutionary Army. So this mm-hmm. whole family's fucking crazy. Yeah, in the best ways. In the I can't best wait ways. to see see more of Dragon too. A um, character who we've barely seen in the manga or anime. Oh, already. we've never seen him anywhere almost. I fucking loved it. I thought it was so good. I thought it, I, I think because I liked it was because, you know, you get in to see Kobe and you get in to see that the son relationship he's always wanted kind of develop too, which is nice because I mean, realistically in uh, the TV show, like in the anime, we don't see, we didn't know that he was even working with him until the um which one when they're in the uh when they're meeting frankie in the big uh what is that place called the water Red, the one that's water seven or i don't know yeah something uh, like that on. i think it's water seven move on yeah. yeah i think it's that in water seven when they're like getting the new ship and everything that's when they oh, actually yeah, see him again yeah, it is Water 7. End of Ennis Lobby. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. And so that's like a, fair long, a fairly long point since we had seen him. And it's like, oh, shit, you're working with Garp. And so it's like nice that we get to actually see the development of that kind of thing. Because 
that realistically they don't have to bring them back that much but i like those characters and i like seeing them and i thought i love that scene because garp does that like he finally kind of does that thing where it's the like laugh. who yeah the laugh where it's like it's finally getting to see garp and see the like how he's like so related to luffy because luffy's got that same kind of laugh where they just find things so fucking funny so easily and it was very delightful. Plus it was also like his moment to be like, okay, we don't need to like pursue this really. Like it's not that bad of a thing. I don't know. So, so was, in my initial in my initial episode notes, I uh, did complain about Garp in the first four episodes, but with the reveal out of the way, that's when, again, they're like, okay, the reveal is done. We can just let him play the fucking character because we don't have to worry about uh, new viewers picking up on what we want to think of as a twist. So when mm -hmm. Vincent Regan actually gets to play the goddamn character in the, the second half, oh my God, he's so much better. I loved it. Oh yeah. And you know what? My, my parents loved that reveal. They're like, what? Oh my God. Yeah. My mom liked it yeah. a lot too. And of course she was like, how does this white guy have a brown grandson? And I'm just like, I don't know. Wait till you meet dragon. <laughs> Wait till you meet dragon yeah. in season two or something. Um, but yeah, we get a fun little flashback uh, to, to Garp uh, breaking Kid Luffy's uh, oh, so good. raft. But then we also get like a real Garp moment where it's like, where he like drags him and it's like, listen, it's lunchtime. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I love Garp's insatiable appetite. We get to see him yeah. uh, eat later and he's like eating like eight steaks. Oh, yes. I, I love that. I shit. love that little, those little things just make it so good. Garp's Luffyisms or his monkeyisms, I guess, because monkey's the, their last name, but it's played off yeah. as the first or whatever. Monkey D Garp, Monkey D Dragon, Monkey D Luffy. <laughs> but yeah, those those monkeyisms are so great with uh, the character when he's allowed to finally do them. And like when he throws the cannonball at Luffy oh. and Luffy bounces it off, and I'm like, oh my god, they actually did that shit. Oh, it was so good. It was so stupid and so yeah. good. Anyways, I think we got I think we gotta move on to our favorite segment. The okay. Speed wagon. 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. So for those just joining, the speed wagon is our uh favorite supporting character uh, from episodes one to four of One Piece. Uh, I'll go first. I mean, it's almost cheating. I mean, is Buggy a speed wagon? I think he's a series regular. But, uh, fuck it, it's Buggy. Buggy's a speed wagon of episodes one to four of uh, the One Piece live action. It's undisputable. Jeff Ward steals the show. <laughs> Iconic character. Uh, no more notes. I'm more interested in what you guys have to say for your speed wagons. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it's, yeah, it's tough because there's a part of me that wants to give it to Buggy for the, yeah, for this, uh, yeah, for one through four. But I'm not going to give it to him for one through four. I'm maybe, I might, maybe I'll save it. Um, but I, for me, I mean, I think it's got to, I, I think it's got to go to the, uh, the, the first pirate, Alavida. Uh, I just love Alvita's big sword uh, and just like the night crew and just like <laughs> just even her getting like punched off the boat. Um, 
was very funny. Uh, but the actress did a really good job, and she was like both like ruthless, but like you know, did well with just like this obnoxiously large. It's not was it was it a sword or was it like a I don't know. It's all the spiked iron club thing. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what about That's... you, Raylan? Oh God, um, I'm trying to think if this was in one of those episodes, but it would have been Yasoth, and I. I want to say it's the the. And I hope it's in one of these ones because I'm like he's in to he's in those that. episodes. Yeah, he's in uh, episodes. But one to the four. one where he goes and he like it's kind of like the like homage to the fact that uh, Usopp is gonna be a good like shooter as well, and he shoots the pole and then it fucking shoots the guy. Is that in one of those episodes? That's, that's, it's, it's in episode two. Yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. fight scene. That's such a good one. I really liked. I liked it in that, especially because when you're, you kind of get a good little glimpse of him kind of throughout here and there of like him joking around and then also him sitting in the back bar before that fight breaks out. And he's just like, oh, are we about to fight? Okay. <laughs> like, I like that character. I thought that was really good. And it was just like a little almost, in my opinion, like a, a Easter egg for folks that didn't know yet i get you um yeah that's our speedwagon as for final thoughts uh dear listener this uh recording ran about three hours so we're not going to give you final thoughts you can listen to those final thoughts in uh, our conclusion to the one piece uh, oh! discussion um you gotta keep Malcolm, listening yeah, we're just not going to do that. Part uh, two, gonna... part two, part two, <laughs> part two. Uh, Malcolm, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on, uh, I guess, on Instagram at Malcolm R J McLeod. I'm also on Threads. Everyone, um, I'm on Threads. Ugh. Um, I, you know, and it's, I'm on that hell site that's uh, was formerly known as Twitter. I will not acknowledge its new name. Same <laughs> handle at Malcolm R. J. McLeod. So if you want to, you can. If if you're still on that there, I'm um, I'm kicking around. Uh, you know, but I'm mostly lurking. I'm lurking and I'm liking uh, and I'm hating at the same time. Raylan, where can people find you if you want to be found? Because of course we have to start the campaign for you as Bon Clay. Well, okay, I gotta say, um, I've got Instagram, TikTok, and the uh, Twitter that we do not speak its name of now. Uh, that's all under Raylan Carson. But on my Instagram, I actually started a new tick uh instagram for my drag which is manly nip kiss which i'm really excited for because i just got a silicone chest and let me tell you i am gonna be trying my best to do some cosplay on there of one piece specifically i really want to do zoro because he's just so hot and cool so go follow that if you want to see me uh be the man that i wish i was Fantastic. As always, oh, you can find me nice. at uh, Jack is Jack, only real Jack M on Twitter, at is this anime pod on Instagram. We don't use uh, the other one anymore. Uh, that concludes part one of our uh, One Piece live action discussion that was so epic and totally not edited uh, poorly. Uh, it was uh, edited <laughs> incredibly well. It was totally organic. We totally planned this out, uh, guys. 
Yeah, it absolutely. wasn't me having to use a washroom at all yeah. at one point, and I was making that decision that we yeah, should yeah, probably yeah, yeah. do this too for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and it's not me being like, I'm so hungry and please, I got to eat, uh, you know, but I, but I wanted to say, and remember when you eat the devil fruit, you will go to hell. Oh.